Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello again, friends, and we have made it to draft week. Mark Schofield here in the big chair for today, Monday, April 26th, 2021. It is episode 191 of the Sco Show. It is the mock draft Monday of integrity. First half of the show, you are going to get my final first round mock. You can also read about it over at USA Today, touchdownwire.com. That's going to get posted pretty much simultaneously with this show. Got to go on the record now. No more what I would do mocks. No more this is what I would do if I were in the the war room on draft night. Nope. You got to go on the record. So the mock of integrity. That's what we're going to do in the first half of the show. Second half of the show, I'm going to get to as many mocks as I can. Thursday show pre-draft, I'm going to get to any other mocks that I didn't get a chance to read because I got tons of them to try to get to. So many people sending in mocks. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that. So let's dive in. No time to waste. Your usual reminders, you know them by now. At Mark Schofield on the Stake Map, USA Today's Touchdown Wire, Matt Wildman's RSP. Matt and I sat down with Dan Hatman to do Davis Mills last Friday. Uh, check that out on the RSP Film Room. A uh, fascinating conversation. Dan is absolutely a must-follow all year round, but particularly around draft time because he had some great insights on like Davis Mills and what you would want to hear from your offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. Like, what do you think you could fix? What do you think we can't fix? Uh, things you might want to talk to your defensive coordinator about. Like, hey, he likes to throw a lot of back shoulder balls. Is that something that would stress you out or not? And, and so I, I think... It's a fascinating conversation, definitely something you should check out. Also, of course, here at Pat's Pulpit, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, I will be on in terms of draft night, Thursday night. Just in case you're wondering. Early in the first round, I'm going to be on the SB Nation live show. Uh, Michael J. Kist, my friend and, yes, my boss, uh, was kind enough to give me the old invite, so I'll be stopping there first. Then I'll be joining the... Pat and Spags and everybody over in Keegan, all the great people over at Pat's Pulpit, they're doing a live show. I'm going to pop on that sometime, maybe around when the Patriots are set to be on the clock. That will, remains to be seen. And then I will close out the night as I do every year uh, with Sigmund Bloom and Matt Walden over at the Audible. Um, they always have a bunch of people on for the first round, and it's become a little bit of a tradition that I sort of close things out. Um, maybe it's because... I don't know. I don't know why. But that's the tradition. So those are the places I will be on Thursday night, if in case you wonder. If you're not, well, I just wasted 45 seconds of your life, and I do apologize. Also, before we dive into the mock of integrity, shout out 
to my son Owen and his baseball team. Fantastic comeback win on Saturday. Got down in the bottom of the fifth. The other team scored four runs to take a 5-2 lead into the top of the sixth, the final at-bat. But the boys, they came back. Six runs in the top of the sixth and then held them scoreless in the bottom of the sixth. Proud of all those guys. Uh, fantastic game. We got games Saturday and Friday night this week. So uh, we're going to be a busy week all around. Let's dive into the mock of integrity. Not a lot of surprises at one or two, right? Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Dunn, Dusted. We go to three. Mac Jones. I I still won't believe it until I see it. I won't believe it until he's he's hugging Roger Goodell. But Mac Jones, I, I'm, I've come around to it. And part of it might be, you know, reading between the lines. Part of it might be the video that I did with Matt Waldman. Matt's very high on Mac Jones. And it's strange because traditionally in the years that I've known Matt and gotten to work with him, Mac Jones would be my kind of quarterback and Zach Wilson would be his. But Matt and I have kind of like moderated each other over the past couple of years to where we've almost sort of switched in a way. I'm higher on Wilson than he is. He's higher on Jones than I am. That coupled with all the tea leaves makes me think it's Mac Jones at three. So we're saying Mac Jones at three. At four, Atlanta has a fascinating decision. I'm going to say it's Kyle Pitts. I think that makes a lot of sense for them. Maybe they trade out. I'm sure if Fields and Lance are both there, teams would be calling. And look, you've got two years now of Matt Ryan because of the financials. You might want to acquire some future first-round picks to make that eventual need at quarterback a little bit easier to swallow. So trading out makes a lot of sense for them. But I think they stay put, Kyle Pitts. At five, I know there's a lot of smoke around Jamar Chase right now, and it's easy to just buy into that. I think you have to draft offensive line. I know you have Reef at one tackle spot, Williams at the other. I look at that scar on Joe Burrow's knee as a reminder, you got to protect this kid. So Penny Sewell is the pick in my mind at five. At six, Jamar Chase to the Dolphins. They came back up after trading out of 3-12. to They come back up to 6. Why? Because they knew it was going to be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. And there was a shot to get one of Chase or Pitts, particularly if the Bengals go offensive line. Bengals go all line. Now they get Jamar Chase at 6. Nice little weapon for Tua. At 7, Justin Fields to the Denver Broncos. I'd love to see New England try to get up from 15 to 7. I don't know if they'll be able to do it. Detroit could stay put and pick at 7. They could pick Fields. But I'm hearing they might be in the market to move back. And so Detroit sides out. Denver comes up. They get their quarterback at 7. At 8, Rashawn Slater to the Carolina Panthers. I like this because it gives them some flexibility up front. He can play tackle. He can play guard. I love this. They don't have to force a quarterback pick at eight. Trey Lance would make some sense, but if they're not sold on him, and they might not be, Rashawn Slater at eight. At nine, another little trade here. Detroit haven't slid back to nine. They slide back again to 12. The Eagles come up to nine for Patrick Sertan. They want to get ahead of Dallas. That's something that we've heard some rumblings about in the past couple of days. We've also heard that the Eagles want to come back up. Dallas is going to go corner. Eagles get in front of them to grab Patrick Sertan at 9. So at 10, Dallas, they slide back now. 
The Chargers are another team rumored to want to come up. Why? Christian Derisaw. Chargers come up to 10. Christian Derisaw. Now at 11, the New England Patriots and Trey Lance. Does this happen? It's my, it's the, you know, predictive mock of integrity. If Trey Lance is there at 11, I think New England comes up. I think New England comes up to get him. The cost sort of in my mind here is a future first next year. One future first. Because it's not a big leap from 15 to 11. I'd be on board with it. So Lance comes off the board at 11 to the Patriots. At 12, the Lions, after trading back twice, they finally make a pick, Jalen Waddle, who I've mocked to them at 7. But along the way, they've picked up you know, a third-round pick in this draft and a future second. Not a little bad move for them, Brad Holmes, the new general manager. At 13, Dallas... They've slid back to 13 with the Chargers. They draft J.C. Horn there. At 14, Elijah Vera Tucker. Every mock I've done, I've put him. It's like the only consistent pick other than Trey Lance. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is Elijah Vera Tucker at 14 to the Vikings. At 15, Devonta Smith to the Giants. I still think they go receiver, even with the additions that they've made. They saw what Stephon Diggs did for Josh Allen. They want to make sure they get the weapons around Daniel Jones to have a sort of similar leap forward. Devonta Smith at six at 15. At 16, Washington coming up for Micah Parsons. I think Washington could be a sneaky player in the quarterback mix, but they also want to get a linebacker. And if Micah Parsons is there at 16, they'll jump up. Why? Because Arizona has a huge gap. They're on the clock at 49, and they don't pick again until 160. They'd love to slide back a couple of spots, fill that in. So they get a third rounder at 74 as a part of this deal. Washington comes up to get Parsons. At 17, Christian Barmore to the Raiders. This this sort of screams Raiders pick to me. Dolphins at 18, Jalen Phillips, the Miami edge. At 19, the Cardinals haven't slipped back a few spots. Caleb Farley, the corner. Obviously, the back is an issue, but I think he would be a good fit for them. They obviously need corner. At 20, Chicago Bears, Kadarius Toney. They've been shopping Anthony Miller. If they move him, they're going to need a guy. They're going to need a slot player to step in and start. Toney can be that player. At 21, Tevin Jenkins to the Colts. Costanzo retired. I know a lot of people think Jenkins has to kick inside. I don't see it. I think he can play tackle. I think he's got the mentality and the finisher to play wherever he wants, frankly. But I'm fine with putting him at... And imagine Tevin Jenkins and Quinton Nelson as the left side of your offensive line. Yeah. Carson's going to be okay in that situation. At 22, the Titans were shot Bateman. I do like this fit here. They obviously have a need at the wide receiver spot. They lost Corey Davis. They lost Jonu Smith. And so, look, they got to do that. They got to get a receiver, and I, I think that's a very good fit for them. So, at Tennessee at 22, Rashad Bateman. At 23, the Jets, Greg Newsom. This has become something of a common pick. A lot of people have made this connection. I see it. At 24, the Steelers. Remember, Steelers fans, this is the predictive mock of integrity. So when I say Najee Harris at 24, it's because it seems like it's going to be Najee Harris at 24. I wouldn't do it. Steelers seem to be willing to do it. I'd rather go offensive line here. They seem to be, shall we say, hell-bent on Najee Harris. 
At 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Morig, the safety. This has become another sort of, yeah, this is the one that's going to happen. Uh, similar to Newsom, similar to Harris. These picks here at 23, 24, 25 seem to be crystallizing in rather stunning clarity, shall we say. At 26, Browns fans hate me every time I say this, but Jeremiah Wosu Kamora. I know a lot of Browns fans are like, this is an analytics-minded team. They're not going to draft an off-ball linebacker in the first round. It's it's certainly possible they go wide receiver here. Terrace Marshall, Elijah Moore, those are options for them. But I look at what JOK can do in space, in the slot. He's a linebacker in name only. I, I'm a fan of his game. I love the idea of him to Cleveland. I can't get it out of my head. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And all you people that said I should get fired every time I've said that they should draft a linebacker, that, that I should that I've said they should draft JOK, then you were right. But I still see it. So I'm going JOK with the Browns at, at 26. Maybe I'm the idiot. It's entirely possible. At 27, the Ravens, they've now got two picks at the end of the first round. First one, Quiddy Pay. They need to address the trenches. Quiddy Pay's slid here a bit. This is a, it's like a quintessential Baltimore pick. At 28, the Saints, Zavin Collins. A lot of people have started to make this connection in recent days. They've got a need at the linebacker spot. They lost both Quan Alexander and Alex Anzalone. He can slide right in, set him next to Demario Davis, let him sort of run around and wreck things. He can give you some stuff off the edge as a blitzer. He's so great underneath in zone coverage because of his frame. I love that idea. At 29, the Packers are so hard. In every single like football group chat I'm in, every time somebody's doing the mock, they're like, who in the world do I send to the Packers at 29? I've talked about defensive tackle. I've talked about receiver. Here, Aziz Orjolari, the edge. Preston Smith, this is fun, probably the last year of his deal. You know, base 3-4 kind of stuff. He can give you that. I like this fit. Again, I have no idea. Like, they could draft a quarterback here for all I know. I just don't know what the Packers are going to do. So that's why we're going here. At 30, anytime I go on a, a show in the Buffalo area, I get asked about Travis Etienne. Without fail. And so I think he's the pick at 30. They want to get more efficient in the run game. I know they've drafted Devin Singletary recently. I know they've drafted Zach Moss recently. They need to figure out efficiency in the run game. Plus, he can be a receiver for them too. They go spread. They go empty. He can run routes out of the slot. I do like that fit. At 31, Ravens on the clock again. Samuel Kosme, offensive tackle from Texas. You think about what they do schematically. So much misdirection and counters and pullers. And then you see the fact that he was the number two offensive tackle relative athletic scoring of all time out of over 1,100 offensive tackles. Number two in a relative athletic score, thanks to Math Bomb, Kent Lee Platt at Math Bomb on Twitter of 9.99 on a 10.0 scale. Yeah, he's going to be a Raven. I mean, I, I'm probably putting money on that pick. That's how certain I am of it. And then to round it out, I don't know what in the world the Bucks are going to do at 32. Similar to the Packers discussion from a second ago, 
That's the other team in the DMs that people are like, I don't know what to do with the, the Buccaneers at 32. I talk to people that cover the team, and they're like, I have no idea what they're going to do, man. I wish I could give you something. I got nothing. So I'm going to go defensive tackle, University of Washington, Levi, Levi Onzerike. They don't have a ton of needs. It's a thin defensive line class. You can see defensive line being a need down the road. They rely on Vita Vey in the middle to stop the run when they lost him. They couldn't stop the run as well. And so I think it's a sort of a luxury pick at a thin position group. So there you go. That's my mock of integrity. Probably going to get like two picks right. But this is a weird draft class. I was talking to somebody around the league um, Sunday afternoon, actually. And it's just a weird class. You talk to some people and they might be like, yeah, I've got like 10 first round grades on these guys. I just, it's a weird, weird year, but it's almost over. And then we can start yelling about 2022. Yeah, more on that in a second. But up ahead, listener mocks of integrity. That is ahead here in episode 191 of the Scope Show. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Mark Schofield back with you here on episode 191 of the Sco Show Mock Draft Monday. Mocks of integrity and you got a lot of submissions. I'm going to try to get to as many as I can, but fear not. If I don't get to yours, I've set aside time for Thursday's show, the day of the draft, uh, to read any, any that I don't get to. And if I didn't get to yours, just, you know, however you sent it to me, whether it's Twitter or email, just bug me, um, you know, before Thursday, and I will make sure to get it read. Like I said, I've, I've got a lot to get to, so we're going to get to that in a second. Also, I teased out yelling about stuff that's coming down the road. Um, the second this draft ends, or shortly thereafter, you're going to see over a touchdown wire, offensive watch lists, defensive watch lists, top 25, and probably shortly thereafter, a 2022 mock draft. So, yeah. Fun time's over, kids. Um, let's get into your mocks. First one comes via email from James. Comes up to four to get Justin Fields. You know, again... It, Atlanta might trade out. They absolutely might trade out. And in this one, you give up a future first to get to 15. That gives Atlanta at least one asset to go get a quarterback next year and to sort of get ahead of that. Then at 54, after some trades, uh, DME Brown, 
Jimmy Davis, the linebacker from Kentucky at 76. Tay Gowan, the corner from UCF at 82. Milton Williams, defensive tackle from Louisiana Tech at 96. Kay Johnson at 116. Stone Forsyth from Florida at 120. He's getting a ton of buzz lately. Brandon Thorne loves this kid. So, name to watch. Benjamin St. Jews at 122. Khalil Herbert, the Virginia Tech running back at 127. Justin Hilliard, linebacker from Ohio State at 165. Drew Dahlman at 188. And Matt Bushman at 258. Next one via email comes to us from Richard Cable. This is a one I'm locked on via PFF. Uh, trades out of 15, slides back to 20, where he grabs Christian Barmore. Elijah Moore at 46. Kellen Mond at 52. Jamin Davis again at 96. Kelvin Joseph at 111. Brady Christensen, I love that pick, at 120. Jamar Johnson, the Indiana safety at 139. Kendrick Green, I love this pick too. One of Duke Mannyweather's guys. Uh, 177, Stone Forsyth at 188. Zach McPherson, Texas Tech corner at 209. And Drew Dahlman, Stanford Center at 242. Also, Richard, I'm going to shoot you an invite to the Slack channel. Um, look for that pretty soon. Um, I know you were asking about that, but fantastic job, Richard. Uh, big fan of this mock. Next one comes to us. This is a bit of a different exercise. Russell Easterbrooks. Every year, he says he does this, where... He takes the number of Patriots draft picks, selects the pairs he thinks they could draft. Zaving Collins, kicker Riley Patterson, offensive tackle, I mean offensive guard Trey Smith, wide receiver Blake Prohl, offensive tackle Spencer Brown, quarterback Brady White. Remember, Russell's been pushing the Brady White train, so if it happens, that's your boy to give the props to. Cornell Powell, a wide receiver, Eric Stokes, a corner, Carlos Basham, the edge, and Landon Young, the offensive lineman. So, that's sort of his list of players that he thinks that the New England Patriots are going to draft. Josh David, his mock of integrity, trades out of the first with the Miami Dolphins and slides back to 36 and grabs Jaleen Phillips, who I said the Dolphins would grab at 18. So there you go. Asante Samuel Jr. at 46, Kellen Mond at 50, Jabril Cox at 81. That's fantastic. This is a PFF mock. I love I'd draft Jabril Cox in the second round, so get him at 81. Okay. Nico Collins at 96. Dwayne Eskridge at 122. Jamie and Sherwood at 139. Isaiah McDuffie, the BC backer, at 177. Kenny Naguanu, the Iowa State running back, at 188. Tedrell Slayton, Florida, defensive tackle, at 203. And Michael Mennett, Penn State center, at 258. Christopher Conley, PFF Mark. Xavier Collins at 28, trading out of the 15 spot, sliding back to 28 with the New Orleans Saints, who I just said were going to draft Xavier Collins at 28. So there you go. Peyton Turner at 46, Eric Stokes at 60, Kellen Mond at 77. That's a trade up. Amon Ross St. Brown at 96, Jonathan Cooper at 122, Spencer Brown at 139, super athletic tackle. Anthony Schwartz at 188, Ben Mason in the new Ben Mason spot, 197. And Tedrell Slayton from Florida at 242. Now we go to Twitter. First one comes to us from Aaron Williams at Big underscore Daddy 814. I talked about Aaron last week. He had one that didn't come through. This one did from the Draft Network. Kellen Mond at 29. Elijah Moore at 46. Jabril Cox at 62. Tommy Tugai, defensive tackle at 71. Deontay Brown at 96. Israel Mukamu. The corner, 
at 122. Kylan Hill, the running back, 138. Jonathan Cooper, the Ohio State edge at 139. Dalian Hayes, the edge, 142. Josh Palmer, Tennessee wideout, at 177. Devon Diablo, 188. Virginia Tech safety. And Thomas Graham Jr., the Oregon corner, to round it out at 197. Cameron McKee at Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O-N, 725-50-773. PFF Mock comes up to 7 for Trey Lance. Jamin Davis at 46. Rashad Weaver at 76. Amari Rogers at 98. Tay Gowan at 122. Kay Johnson at 139. So lots of trades there, but Trey Lance at 7. You know we're big fans of that here on the SCO Show. Matt Monito, who's on Twitter, at Team Crazy Matt. Mock of Integrity Time. Trades 15, 120, 139. A future first and a future third in 2023 to Atlanta. And a future fourth in 2022. And he drafts Trey Lance at four. Dylan Raddins at 46. Traded 96, 177, 188 to Chicago for 83 and 228. And at 83, Baron Browning, Ohio State linebacker. Cornell Powell at 122. Traded 197 and 242 to Minnesota for 157. And that's where he grafted Kylan Hill. And at 228, whoop, Phil Lohr, the wide receiver from Indiana. Fantastic stuff there. I like that. And again, coming up to get Trey Lance, big fan. Our good friend Isaac at XXISAACGOGELXX, his mark of integrity, coming up to seven for Trey Lance. At 60, Gregory Rousseau, the edge from Miami. At 96, Kenneth Gainwell, the Memphis running back. At 105, Marlon Tulipotu, defensive tackle from USC. Tua Atwell, the 149-pound wide receiver at 122. Tyree Gillespie at 139. Anthony Schwartz at 177. Isaiah McDuffie at 188. Byron Mills from NC Central, the corner. And then Samuel Cooper Merrimack, interior offensive lineman. Yeah, there we go. We will go deep here at the Sco Show. Hytham Winterbottom at Hytham, H-A-I-T-H-A-M underscore Winters. A PFF mock draft. Trey Lance at four. That seems to be a growing sentiment here. A lot of those, lot of those trades to four this week. Elijah Moore at 46, Jamin Davis at 96. Those two have also been very popular this week. Moore at 46, Davis at 96. Milton Williams at 122. Brady Christensen, there's that name again, 139. Shy Smith, 188. Aaron Banks, 197. And in the Ben Mason spot, Ben Mason from Michigan at 242. Pablo Joel at H-O-E-L-P-A-B-L-O on the Twitter machine. His mock this week kicks off. Trayvon Morick at 30. Liam Eichenberg at 46. Dwayne Eskridge at 61. Kellen Mond at 96. Cam Sample at 120. Jonathan Marshall, the defensive tackle from Arkansas at 122. Tamarion Terry, Florida State wide receiver at 139. Robert Jones, interior offensive line from Middle Tennessee at 174. Derek Barnes, 177. Avery Williams at 188. Joshua Kando. Florida State Edge at 197. And in the Ben Mason spot, Ben Mason to round it out. Happy Guy at Happy 
H-A-P-P-Y-G-U-9-2-6-5-8-7-3-5. That was almost like the phone number where I grew up. I'm not going to tell you what it is, though. So this is fascinating. Kyle Pitts at four. Comes up to four to get Kyle Pitts. Wyatt Davis at 48. Kellen Mond at 80. Baron Brown at 96. Davion Nixon at 122. Spencer Brown at 139. There's that athletic tackle against Zach McPherson. Texas Tech corner, 177. Sage Sherrod at 197. And Tedrell Slayton at 242. Also, I'm running short on time here, but I did want to hit a couple from the Slack channel. This one from Dave Archibald. It's just incredible. Trey Lance at 15. Trey Smith at 46. Trey Sermon at 96. Trey Brown, the corner from Oklahoma, at 120. Trey McKitty, the Georgia tight end, at 122. Then he rounds it out with Walker Little at 139. Patrick Johnson at 177. Semi Fioco, the Stanford wideout, at 188. Zach, Zach McPherson, Texas Tech corner, at 197. Austin Trammell, the, white, the rice wide receiver. That's where Dave Archibald went to college. So he rounds it out of the Ben Mason spot at 242. That's a that's a perfect, perfect mock. Manuel O, his realistic mock for Mock Draft Monday. Trey Lance at 11. Sounds somewhat familiar, right? That's just what I did in my mock of integrity. Manuel, you and me, brother. There you go. Walker Little at 58, Milton Williams at 84, Josh Palmer at 122, Robert Rochelle at 157. I haven't heard that name yet today. And Damar Hamlin, the Pittsburgh safety, at 197. Matt St. John, Xavier Collins at 15, Kelvin Joseph at 46, Kellen Mond at 96, Alan McNeil at 120, Patrick Jones, the Pittsburgh edge at 122, Desvitz Patrick 139, Cornell Powell at 177, Derek Forrest, Cincy safety at 188, Chris Evans at 197. Jalen Darden at 242. Big fan of Jalen Darden. John has his sort of mock here. Trey Lance at 15. Creed Humphrey at 46. Andre Sisko at 96. Marvin Wilson at 120. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Them going Marvin Wilson in like the fourth round at 120 would not surprise me at all. Ambry Thomas at 122. Walker Little at 139. Shy Smith at 177. Joshua Kando, the edge at 188. Luke Farrell, the Ohio State tight end at 197. And Patty Fisher, the linebacker, at 242. And we close it out with this one from Jared. Again, if I didn't get to yours or you want to submit a last-minute submission on Thursday or if something changes, just, again, send them in, bug me all week long, whatever. Uh, Jared, uh, Devonta Smith at 15, Travis Etienne at 46, Kellen Mond at 96, Alan McNeil at 120, Aubrey Thomas at 122, Dylan Moses at 139, Jonathan Cooper at 177, Jack Anderson, the interior offensive lineman at 188, Demetri Felton at 197, and Paris Ford, the safety, to close it out at 242. So there you go. You got my mock of integrity. Thursday, you're going to get a, a final seven-round mock from me um, for the Patriots. Um I'll talk about players that should draft at various spots. I'll hit any final mocks from you. We'll do any last-minute news. And then, boom, we'll be into the draft. Um, the plan is to get a, a show out, a quick reaction show, at some time Thursday night, Friday morning. It's going to be a long night Thursday night. So it might not drop until like 4 in the morning Eastern time. But we'll see. No matter what, I always got to sort of, even though this isn't the final show before the draft, 
Um, it does sort of feel like it because the draft and everything will happen so fast on Thursday. So I do want to take a moment and just say thank you. I mean, getting to do this show, getting to do what I do, getting to talk about football all the time, um, it's a dream come true. And it wouldn't be possible without all of you listening to the show, interacting. I mean, draft season this year has been a grind like it always is. But every single one of you sending in the mocks, talking about the show, in the Slack channel, everywhere else, sending in emails, Russell Easterbrooks with all his his insight each week and making me watch Brady White, and I'm glad I did. It's just awesome. It's just it's kind of special um, to have a community of listeners like this. And I know you have so many million options of shows to listen to, podcasts to listen to, all that stuff. And the fact that anybody would take time out of their day to listen to me still blows my mind to this day. Um, you guys all make it so so much fun. You guys make it possible to do what I do. Um, it's been a blast this draft season. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did, as much as I genuinely did. Yes, the Justin Fields discourse got to be infuriating at times. Yes, I'm already dreading starting off next Saturday night with Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell. Um, but it is fun. And it's a game, and it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be something we enjoy, something we do to get away from everything else for a little bit. Um, and I, I just wanted to just say thank you uh, for listening, for following along, for having fun, for sending in the box, for everything you guys have done. It's been a blast this year. Hopefully the Patriots cap things off with a great draft. No matter what they do, though, you know I will have it covered as well. Everybody also for Pat's Pulpit and everywhere else. But until then, friends, stay safe, wash your hands, check in on your loved ones. And when you do, sin along. Bless those Patriots reigns. Down in Fox.